You're listening to the Beaver Tales podcast, which features exclusive interviews with former Oregon State student athletes. We talk about what they did at OSU, what the transition was like away from college athletics, and what they're passionate about now. Here's a little taste of what's coming up on this episode. It scared me a little bit. I remember that feeling. And then I had that group. It just took over. I loved it. It felt so me. It felt so fun and natural. And I was like, oh man, I love teaching it. That whole conversation is coming up. Now this episode is brought to you by the Angry Beaver Bar and Grill in Corvallis. More on the Angry Beaver at the end of this episode. This is the Beaver Tales podcast with Josh Wharton, who has covered Oregon State athletics since 2013. Welcome to episode 73 of the Beaver Tales podcast. Through the first 72 episodes, I had no Oregon State softball players. That is just a travesty. I even used to cover the softball team for the barometer back when I was a student at Oregon State. Well, I'm doing some makeup work here because I'm not only getting one softball player on the podcast, but two. I'm happy to be joined by Shauna and Tracy Felt, or now Shauna Cyrus and Tracy Fuller. They not only have in common that they played softball at Oregon State, they're now both coaches, in fact, head coaches at different schools in the Pacific Northwest. Shauna is the head coach at Lewis and Clark College up in Portland. Tracy is the head coach at Lower Columbia College in Longview, Washington. They're originally from Brush Prairie, Washington, near Vancouver. They overlapped at Oregon State for three years, Tracy being the starting catcher, Shauna the shortstop, who is an all-Pac-10 selection every year, ending up in the top five in singles, triples, hits, and uh, all over the record book. Also some interesting stuff in softball developments, how the game is changing. We had just talked the day after Game 7 of the ALCS when the Rays made the World Series. And so Tracy especially started talking about the shift and how softball is changing and things she was considering implementing in her own program. So a lot of fun to talk with Shauna and Tracy Felt about coaching, their memories at Oregon State, and a lot more. So please welcome the softball sisters from Southern Washington, Shauna and Tracy Felt. First time I've had two people from the same sport. So thanks for coming on to the podcast, both Shauna and Tracy. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, doing good. Thank you. Uh, let's start with your athletic exploits growing up and what it was like to grow up in a household with to future D1 athletes. Uh, how about we start with you, Tracy? What was it like growing up uh, in a household with Shauna one year ahead of you and, and what that was like growing up? Well, for me, I thought it was a blast. We've played together our whole lives, basically. I mean, she was always on a, an older team for the most part until we were teenagers and then we started playing together. But just to have a friend, you know, a sister, actually, we would go out and play catch every single day. And um, I think that made us better. You know, our parents are at work, we'd go out and throw the ball against the wall and throw to each other. And so it was fun just always having someone to push you and make you better. Yeah. What would you say, Shauna? Would you would you categorize it more as a, a rivalry where you'd butt heads sometimes or usually pretty, pretty even keel and you're on the same team, that sort of thing? Oh, yeah, we definitely had our battles and Tracy was very kind and not exploiting that (laughs) not in a bad way but like we would play burnout and we would try to throw it to each other as hard as we could I mean it's two competitive athletes trying to be better and live with each other every day so 
of course we had fun and we always had each other's backs, but we for sure rivaled at just about anything that we did. I mean, it was like tetherball, just throwing rocks, um, anything that you could think of. We were, I mean, we were trying to compete with each other, which obviously made us competitive athletes. Did those games you play ever become so serious and crazy? An injury happened, one of you injuring the other, Any, anything over the top like that? I don't think so. Not not caused. I mean, we've had our fights and, and everything, but I don't think we ever really got physical, maybe no more than a little push or a shove here and there. My story is always, Shauna has a really good arm. Still to this day, I like she throws harder than anybody I've ever seen. And we used to play catch. And if I made a bad throw to her, like over her head, she had to go get the ball. She would throw it at me as hard as she absolutely could when she came back to where I was almost in tears and crying, holding my hand. And then I'd be like, I'm going back inside. I hate you. (laughs) Something like that. So once you got a little older and getting close to college age, Shauna, you first traveled pretty far for college, going to Mississippi State for your for your first year. Uh, how did you? What was your experience like in the South before ultimately coming back to the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, I thought I was really cool, and I was made, I thought I was really independent, and I could go really somewhere far away and be totally fine and not need anybody. And I was really wrong. Um, I came back with like my beaver tail between my legs, and needed, um, you know, family and the comfort of just knowing where I was and knowing people around me. I guess um, didn't really fit in in the South. Um, was sort of we grew up in Southern California. And I was sort of the California Valley girl and just, just didn't have that vibe down in Mississippi at all. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. So I knew when um, Tracy started talking to the coaches at Oregon State and getting recruited and verbaled and signed to Oregon State, I was so jealous and I wanted to go with her. So I think um, it was a pretty easy transition, mainly for my, our mom, who I think was in the middle like, oh, don't you guys want a shortstop too? It could be a package deal. You know, she was kind of setting the ground for us to come back and be together. For you, Tracy, once you decided to come to Oregon State and and got to hear, oh, Shauna's coming coming also um, and joining me, what was it like to then start to play with your sister at the same D1 school and also just the experience of being in college at the same time? What, What do you remember about that transition into college and playing at Oregon State? Well, I loved it. I'm a lot more shy than Shauna. And so for having somebody I know to go to school with me and kind of be with me my first day and kind of help me with it, she's always been there and done that for me. So I was excited and probably not having to live in a dorm was probably the main bonus for me because a freshman had to live in a dorm. But I was like, well, my sister's a sophomore transfer and she doesn't want to live in a dorm. Can we get an apartment together? And So our coach allowed us to do that. So I was pretty thrilled with that. (laughs) But no, it's it was um, amazing for our parents as well um, to be able to watch both of their daughters play and being pretty close to home. Our our hometown is only about an hour and a half away from Corvallis. So they were able to come to almost every single one of our games. So that was fun. So Shauna, you hold the program record 
uh, I believe to this day for most at bats uh, in a single season in 1999, you had 259 at bats. I'm gonna put you on the spot. It's okay. If you don't, if you don't know this, but do you know who is second on that list? Most at bats in a season right behind your record. Should I know that? I don't know that. No, uh, you, you don't have to, but the answer, Tracy, do you have any idea? I don't know. That's a tough one. Well, can you give us a hint? Was it somebody recent or somebody? This decade. Early 2000s. Oh, is it Jody Shemaleski? She's up there on the, on the, I think she's most, who is she? I think she was singles. Actually, I remember you, Sean, have like would have had the record, but in the same year, 99, or maybe it was hits. I forget what the record was, but actually, so you hold the the record for most single season at bats. Second place, Shauna, is also you. <laughs> you what? <laughs> you have the first and second place record for most at bats in a single season. Ninety nine was first, and then two thousand was the second most. Nobody's ever topped either one of those seasons for you. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't even know I was the first. To be honest <laughs> with you, what year was the next one? Uh, two thousand one, which would have been your senior year. Is that right? Year. Yeah. So. Okay. Wow, that's a good stat. A lot, a lot of bats. How about one? This was more of a, a memory. Perhaps you remember this story, Shauna. The final run that you ever scored in Corvallis at the OSU softball complex. I know that one. This one, this one, you know. So 2001. Tell me the story of this. Is right when the softball complex got built. It was the first season that it was there. So what yeah. do you remember the the story I of think scoring it the run? Was on our senior day, mm-hmm. and we were playing Cal. I think I was on second and the other senior hit me in or something like that. And there was only the two of us, Brooke Rutschman. She, I think got the hit, I scored. And then we just had doggy pile and home plate. Is that right, Tracy? Sounds familiar, but I don't know if that was the same game he's talking about or not. Is that yeah. not it? It was yeah, senior yeah. day. So Yep. Last game, 01. That was your 100th career run and made you the all time runs leader in OSU history and a, a walk off win, one to zero over California. Yeah, yeah that was the, the, the winning run. Yeah. And then I think Cal won the national championship the next year with that pitcher or something like that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about coaching a little bit since that's kind of your life now and, and a parallel story for the both of you going from Oregon State, getting into coaching. Um, we'll start with you, Tracy and Deshauna, but kind of the same question for the both of you. What what was the passion that you developed? When did you realize you wanted to be a coach and um, what made you passionate about it in the first place? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I just, I've always grown up I played sports other sports when I was younger softball is the one that's always stuck stuck with me like it's finally something I'm good at um and that I really enjoy so I've just I've loved playing it was and I'm sure any athlete will say this it's really hard to let go of your sport once you get to that age and your final game and I think former athletes that want to coach they just still have that passion they still like learning new things about the game even after they're done playing feel like they have more to give I think our coach, Kirk Walker, who was our coach when Sean and I played down there, I always remember him saying to give back, just always give back your knowledge is what he said. So it's like, you learn a lot, you got to do something to pass that on. And that's something that stuck with me. I knew as soon as I graduated, I wanted to get into coaching and Sean and I actually got our first coaching job together, kind of. We coached a, a club team tandem coached that over a summer and then we did a high school season together as well so we actually started coaching together also 
but, and then we went our separate ways, but, but yeah, I, I still love it. You know, I'll get burned out every now and then when it's softball, softball, softball and the long coaching season. But, um, I usually just can't wait to get back to my athletes and start coaching again. What about you, Shauna, your, your passion for coaching and where that started for you? Mine, I know exactly how mine started and where and when everything like that. It's kind of weird. I remember being at Oregon state and we had to do these winter clinics where we had to give back, like Tracy was saying to the younger girls in the community. And I remember it was the first time I'd ever done a clinic where I was the person that was teaching and our coaches said, okay, you're running the infield station. And I was just like terrified that I had to like have a group of 10 to 20 girls by myself. And I had to like regurgitate information that I had learned or, or whatever. And so it scared me a little bit. I remember that feeling. And then I had that group and then I just, it was supernatural. It just, it just took over. I loved it. It felt so me, it felt so fun and natural. And I was like, oh man, I love teaching it. I love, obviously I love the game, but like, it felt really easy to be able to regurgitate all the information that I had learned over the years. So I knew right then that I wanted to coach. And so I mean, I think both Tracy and I, as soon as we finished our fourth year playing, our fifth years were both um, as undergrad assistants. So I did a year while she was a senior. And then I went over and played in Europe and she stayed for a fifth year to undergrad. And then we kind of just took off from there. But um, yeah, mine was very memorable of like the moment when I did it the first time and knew that I wanted to coach. I'll come back to coaching in a second, but I do remember, yeah, I think it was, was it the Netherlands, right? Where you played pro softball? What, what was the league like over there? I, I'm not super familiar with pro softball in Europe. So what was that like? No, I don't think anyone's familiar with pro softball in Europe at all. Um, it was really, really cool. I had really no idea what I was getting to. I didn't know who was picking me up at the airport. You know, I was like really terrified to go, but I'm okay. Here we go. I'm living with a family. So, um, Basically, there's a league in Holland, and they have their own little league. There's a league in Spain, there's a league in Germany, league in Italy, and then at the end of the year, each country sends their top team to the European championships or something like that. So um, my team had already qualified for those European championships, and so they were like fired up. They wanted to win this thing. They had never won it before. The Italians had always won it. And so it was me and a player from Arizona State um, on the team together. And um, we went and we went to the championships and won the whole thing. So it was amazing. And there was Americans on every team we played, which was kind of crazy that knew who we were and we knew them. So we were not expecting that, but it was a lot of fun and a really, really cool experience. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And, and now that you've both been pretty established into coaching, both been at your respective schools for about a decade. Uh, Tracy, since I think 2011 at, at Lower Columbia. Shauna, you've been at Lewis and Clark since 2009. Um, what is an area of coaching that you would say you're different in, things that you've learned in the last decade? Feel free to kind of banter back and forth and share things that you've learned together, times where you've talked with, oh, you you learned that too. I, I went through that process or what would you do here? Uh, how, how have you changed and learned as a coach in the last decade? Um, I'll start, I guess. I feel like, you know, the game is changing a lot. And I was just talking to one of my players today at practice about it. Uh, we were talking about the baseball game last night, the game seven and the different shifts that they put on, 
you know, their infielders just play like three guys right up the middle. And, you know, we were talking about how, how much the game is changing and softball, similar to baseball, we're doing the same thing. I'm like, maybe we should start doing some shifts like that. Everyone's starting to try and hit the ball out of the park or, you know, hitting for power is kind of the big thing. Maybe we should put four people in the outfield because I saw them do that on the baseball game the other night too. And so it's like, um, you have to kind of evolve as a coach and, and learn the things that are changing and what works and what doesn't and kind of go out of your comfort zone sometimes on what you've always done and try new things, kind of keep up with the times. Um, I feel like everything I teach my kids now is completely opposite of what I was taught when I was younger. Um, like the hitting style I teach everybody and it, it is similar. We try to hit for power. I mean, we don't focus on launch angle and all that stuff, but it's similar. We just try and do everything right just to hit the ball hard in the air because um, ground balls are outs usually. That's kind of my philosophy. So um, like short game is kind of, I feel like that's kind of going away in softball. People know how to defend it now, like the slapping and all that stuff. And um, the hitters are changing. Not only can they slap, but they can hit a home run too. So it's difficult to defend them. Um, so yeah, I have, I have changed my philosophies quite a bit over the years. Yeah, I would say too, Josh, you kind of hit on like Tracy and I talking a lot. Um, cause her and I will definitely, Hey, I saw this thing at this convention and this guy was talking about that, or I've seen all these videos. And so her and I go back a lot. Like Tracy's a big, like thinker of the game. She's always been like that as a catcher. Like she was really well known for, um, calling pitches and like that, the kind of the backside of the game, um, is her strategy. And so I like to like pick her brain too, uh, to, to get that side of her because I was always like cave woman pick up the ball and throw it as hard as you can and Tracy was like the thinker person so we're just our different personalities but um I would say for me the evolving has been more of like the players and the culture and the family atmosphere of the game instead of just being like I want to win I'm competitive I need better pitchers we need to run faster things like that it's more has turned into um, like people say, what's your coaching philosophy? And it's changed every, you know, all the time. But my coaching philosophy now is like, I want my players to trust me. I want to trust them. We need to be on the same page. I want a drama free program. I want us to communicate well and we play for each other every day, um, whether we win or lose. And it makes it just so much more fun to spend every day with that, this group of women that we're all putting the same effort in for, we're, we're working as hard as we can, every person is, but just the, um, just not, not overthinking, I guess, of like the wins and the losses. Like we know we're working hard together and I want it to be fun always. So I've definitely changed my tune in the last 10 years for sure. Do you have the statistics available, especially since you brought it up, Tracy, since the shift is oftentimes utilized based on the, the spray chart of where each player typically hits the ball. And so you place three infielders on the right side of second base or whatever it may be. Do you have spray charts and that sort of information available to you? I don't, I mean, at, at the level I'm at, we don't have that many people on our staff. I find myself, <laughs> I'm the strength coach for my team. I do the field work. Um, I do, you know, recruiting, which all other coaches do. 
but I'm an advisor at the school. I wear a lot of hats at my, at my school that I work at um, because I don't have a lot of assistants or a lot of staff that are there. Um, so during games, I'm usually trying to manage where everyone's at on the field. It's a hard, like Shauna mentioned earlier, um, I love calling pitches and calling the game, but I find myself as a head coach not able to do that. I have too many other things I'm trying to manage when I'm out there. And a lot of times they'll look at me for a sign and I'm doing something else. So maybe I'm talking to a player in the dugout or um, I don't know, going through my bag, trying to find the rule book or who knows what. There's so many things that come up during a game that I'm usually not, I don't have enough time to do that. And I don't have enough charts, but we do play most of our opponents four times. So Usually after the, the first game, I, I am a thinker, like Shauna said, so I can usually, I'll go and make notes about different players. And um, I haven't really tried a whole lot of shift stuff yet, but it's something that I'm going to think about here over Christmas break, maybe, and we'll practice it and, and see how it goes. But, um, you know, if we have a, a girl that hits the ball really well, maybe we will put four people in the outfield. <laughs> I don't know. It's something we can, we can play around with, but um but yeah, I don't, I don't really keep a lot of that information. I also keep score in the dugout when I'm in there. So it's hard to do that and, and keep chart. And I don't do it because we don't have someone else. I do it because I um, don't trust anyone else to do it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and so I want to make sure I have all of the stats correct and that I have my own copy so I can go back and challenge um, whoever kept score for me after the game and make sure theirs was right. And I'll go through it and correct it. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to ask about is, you know, changing in, in softball and the shift and that sort of thing. And it seems like th there is at least consideration about it and maybe not as dramatic as it may be in the NLCS like you saw last night, but but definitely uh, stuff along those lines. Coming back to kind of philosophy for you, Shauna, since you said you changed a lot, if you were to go back and coach yourself, so your your current day version had your college day version of yourself and you were to coach yourself what what would you do based on what you'd learned since then who you remember yourself to be then uh, what, what's something that you would apply that you've learned how would you coach yourself Ooh, wow that was a doozy um I I would say for me when I was younger not I was out of control but I was on this level of like uh <laughs> Okay, I, I really wanted to win. Like I was uber competitive. I would do whatever needed to be done. Like good thing I wasn't a military person because um, I just felt like if I'm on this team, whether it's Navy SEALs or Oregon State softball, like we're gonna get the job done and I will freaking figure it out and everybody get on my back and look out. You know, like I'll, I'll Tracy can probably attest. Like I had this wild, just like passion for winning and doing whatever that is necessary for that. Um, so I would probably maybe have communicated with myself a little more and tried to wrangle that, whatever that is, intense passion I had, wrangle that in a little more and uh, just maybe communicated with, with me more on how to like contain all that. Cause I feel like for a while I was just like a wild, like, give me the ball, look out, everybody look out, just give me the ball and we'll figure this out, you know, or wh whatever that looks like. But um, I didn't have a lot of like it, 
honed in on what, how to calm that down or how to use that the correct way, maybe. Yeah. Tracy might have a better opinion of that. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So hmm, if I had to coach you, Shauna, <laughs> let's see. Um, kind of like what she was talking about. Shauna was like, I don't know she says wild. She was loud. She liked to have fun in the dugout. So it was like loud, a lot of laughing. So maybe sometimes she would get a little out of focus and maybe bring that focus in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then again, I, I have to tell you, Josh, we had so much fun. <laughs> no, it was so we, fun. we did. And I, I wish I see some of my kids these days and I'm like, I wish you guys would do some of the crazy stuff that my sister and I did because we had so much fun playing and it just like made us better. And it made us feel more relaxed. And like, we did some really weird things. Just like we played field hockey out <laughs> in front of our dugout and stuff with our bats and our shin guards and just to kind of loosen up before the game. And the other team would think we were crazy, <laughs> but it took their focus off the game. They would just watch us, but. Oh, we, we, I don't all, know. everybody had a, a, a bat that, that was named. We were like wildly obsessed with WWF and would do <laughs> WWF moves on each other in the dugout. I mean, other teams just thought we were insane. Um, and we just thought it was awesome. That's great. I, I was going to say, you know, a, a funny story of what, you know, underscore what fun you had, but naming your bats and all that, that's great. Do you remember what you named your bat or is that, or maybe there were a couple, do you recall? <laughs> Mine was Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Or just Steve. I think mine was called Whitey. Another girl on our team's name was Peter, but it had to be Peter with a, with a British accent. Okay. So it was Peta. <laughs> You couldn't call it Peter. So it, I don't know. There was just a lot of weird stuff going on. I'm sure our coaches had no idea what the heck we were talking about. That's pretty great. Couple, couple last questions for you, just to to wrap it up. Since you were, you, I think you told me you both, since their schools are somewhat close to each other, and you both live in Southern Washington. Ironically, you each live closer to the other school, right? Shawnee, you live closer to Lower Columbia. Tracy, closer to Lewis and Clark. Have you ever considered doing a job switch for a day where you go coach one practice at the other school? I, I'm not, I'm not uh, into that commute. <laughs> I get road rage really bad. Shauna has to drive <laughs> pretty far and through the Portland traffic in order to get just to her work. And me, I'm just like 80 miles an hour on the freeway, no traffic. To me, that is, that is great. So I like my commute better. That's probably the only reason. I don't know. Yeah. And I've never thought about that either of just like switching roles for a minute, but like, I don't mind commuting. I listen to podcasts and I do recruiting and I talk on the phone and I got it all. I got it. I got it dialed now. Um, but it really doesn't bother me to drive that far. I like my, I love my team. I like where I'm at. So that's never been an issue for me, whether I live in Portland or way up in Washington. Have I've you always ever... wondered if we could, um, somehow coach together again someday I've always wondered if that would ever work out but I don't know maybe um, I mean, I've, I, I've, there's well, been jobs other places and I don't same as Shauna I don't really even consider them people are like oh you should apply for this job there's a coaching job open here and I'm like no I really like where I'm at and I like everything about it so I'm, I'm happy where I'm at I think that's pretty regular for both of us people are always like why don't you go do this or do something bigger or better and I don't, I don't think that's what it's about 
Uh, we're pretty family oriented. We have a lot of family around here. Um, I, I live next door to our parents. Um, we have a full compound happening. And so like, that's really cool for me. You know, our grand, the grandkids are right there. We're all right, you know, local. So um, I don't think that that is even a consideration of moving away and going somewhere else, but. Yeah. Since you do recruiting on the commute, Shauna, have you ever had a player verbally commit while you're in traffic on the way to school or anything like that? Yes, actually I have. And sometimes I've pulled over because I'm like getting, I'm getting all excited and things like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm yelling right now. And like, I, I know, like I have all kinds of different recruiting experiences of being on the phone, mainly on the phone, but like, oh yeah, I've been down that road. I've been eating in, at places and someone's called me or I can remember all of these situations where I get really excited when someone gives me that call. Before we go, are there any other last memories you had at Oregon State watching other sports uh, during your time there? Any other uh, fun stories from your time at Oregon State that we haven't talked about yet? One of the things that pops up to me is football, actually. You know, my first year there was the 98-99 season. And I remember coming on my recruiting trip the year before and there was hardly anyone in the stands. And then, you know, my freshman year, we won that game when overtime against the Ducks and Kenny Simonton ran the ball in and we thought the game was over and we rushed the field and then there was penalty and we were standing right there when uh, and Kenny ran right past us and scored the touchdown and won. And I see that clip on TV all the time to this day, even in our fitness center at my um, school where I work. You know, they got the Pac-12 channel on there and they show those classic games and they're always showing that. And I'm like, where's me? I have an orange hat on right there. I can see where I was and stuff like that. So that one was kind of a big memory. And we went to the, Sean and I went to the Fiesta Bowl that year um, in 2001. Is that right? When they beat Notre Dame. So we were there at that game. That was really fun. Um, so, yeah, there's just lots of good stuff from when we were there. There was um, lots of good athletes there at the same time as us, for sure. Yeah, I was kind of talking to Josh about that, how it, you, there was this feeling that Oregon State was just coming into its own, right, as we were like kind of getting there and going through this. It was the first year that we had the Bennies, the awards at the end of the season. Mitch Barnhart was our athletic director, and he started that. And what's, um, what's his name? HR. Yeah, Harold Reynolds. Reynolds. Harold Reynolds was the MC, and uh -huh. we were like, okay, this is a, we're a big deal now. Here we go. And you could feel it. And in that year, I mean, not trying to be braggy, but softball clean house in all the awards, like player of the year, it wasn't us, but team of the year, coach of the year. Like we were just cleaning house. I think we finished eighth or ninth in the country that year. And it, you could feel that all the sports wanted that feeling too. Um, and I don't know, it felt really unique to be moving forward, all, all sports, the whole athletic department. That's awesome. There's so many fun memories. Yeah. Thanks so much for talking on the podcast. It's been a blast to have two softball players come on. So thanks so much for your time, Sean and Tracy. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. That was fun. Well, it's cool to have two softball players on the same podcast. I'm a lot more familiar with recent softball history, the Laura Berg era, ever since I started covering the team back in 2013, 2014. So to go back to the early 2000s, and even the 90s was pretty cool to see uh, some Oregon State softball history. The Beaver Tales podcast is happy to welcome a new sponsor. It's the Angry Beaver Bar and Grill, downtown Corvallis on 4th Street. Angry Beaver is doing tailgating for every Oregon State football game, whether it's a home game,
game or away game, you can experience some socially distanced tailgating right there at Angry Beaver Bar and Grill. There's also weekend breakfast. Every Saturday, Sunday morning, you can go down, get breakfast, watch NFL games, college football games, and experience all the beaver memorabilia and big flat screen TVs. Angry Beaver Bar and Grill down on 4th Street in Corvallis. Their number is 541-286-4129. Thanks for listening to the Beaver Tales podcast. Got some big guests coming up. Jake Thompson, a fourth round MLB pick, All-American pitcher for the OSU baseball team. He's up next. Aaron Magnuson from the Oregon State football team coming up. Plus, I had a long sit-down conversation with Pat Casey. That'll be right here on this podcast a couple weeks from now. Until next time, everybody, I've been your host, Josh Warden. Good night and go Bees.